0: Welcome to Transformation. I'm Don Wick from the Red River Farm Network, your host for this podcast series. This is another special report in our Coping with COVID edition of Transformation. Our appreciation goes out to the Minnesota Department of Agriculture for making transformation and in particular this edition possible. Transformation, this series of podcasts looks at the issues of farm stress and mental health. COVID-19 certainly has impacted all of our lives. We've seen and read all the stories about the impact in many industries, many sectors of our economy. But what about agriculture? Today we hear from Pat Luneman, who operates a multi-generational dairy farm called Twin Eagle Dairy. It's an 800-cow dairy farm at Clarissa, Minnesota. Pat, uh, you've had some personal experience with this pandemic. Can you you share that with us?
1: Yes. So at the same time, the rest of Todd County, Uh, and specifically the community of the Long Prairie area, um, was going through some pretty high numbers, we did have a couple confirmed uh, COVID cases at our dairy farm, and uh, I believe it was more than just those two. There were three, four others, and I believe I had it. I didn't get a test, but I had the same symptoms at the same time as the uh, two that tested positive, and uh, the, the one that tested positive actually did have to make an emergency room visit. Um, but he has some, some health issues and didn't want to take any chances, so we were glad that he did that. And, and you know, we went through the, the appropriate quarantining practices, uh, but it's, it's really difficult uh, to work through the COVID crisis, through the quarantining, and, and how do you get the work done? So that, that was a real issue for us.
0: Well, particularly on a, a dairy farm, and I'm guessing labor's tight to begin with, that, uh, that does make it a challenge.
1: Yes, when we're uh, milking basically around the clock, you need to have people to fill the shifts, and when you lose one or two or possibly three people, all of a sudden that creates a, a pretty big hole in the schedule, and, and uh, fortunately we were able to piece it in, um, but uh, it was not easy.
0: Um, we all want to be at work, too, I think, in, in most of these cases, so that's, just, that's just, uh, maybe that internal frustration we go through.
1: What was interesting was that a couple of the employees that I'm pretty sure had the virus wanted to come back and actually showed up to work and told me I'm okay (laughs) so that farm work ethic sometimes can be counterproductive ninety-nine point nine percent of the time we're we're thrilled with employees that want to work um, but when you tell them that they need to go home um, it's it's just different It, it was really strange
0: You know, sanitation's a huge part of of any dairy operation, but I'm curious if if things changed any uh, in this COVID world as it relates to some of the practices you're doing on the farm?
1: We tried to do some things where the employees congregate in the break room, uh, in the restroom area. But I tell you, we're not very well prepared for uh, a virus like this And at the time, I was wishing that we had more square footage so that people could be um, separated when we're supposed to be socially distancing and your break room isn't as big as maybe it could or should be. How do you do that, especially at the shift change and people are coming and going? And uh, we we really didn't know what to do other than the you know telling the employees make sure you wash your hands and stay apart from each other and we supplied masks and did all of that but there is a command central area and you know people come close together and so going forward we may have to look at our operations you know if for those of us that have numbers of people coming and going and trying to figure out how do we manage in another situation like this?
0: You've got milk trucks coming onto the farm. Uh, you've got other input suppliers that uh, are in and out. Uh, has that changed as well?
1: Um, the input suppliers, at least for a certain time period, were uh, quite careful about coming and going. And what I realized during the peak period here in Todd County, that May-June period, was how many um, vendors we actually have coming to the farm on a daily basis. Um, There was one day we had uh, the milking equipment uh, repair people coming in and doing maintenance and someone bringing in supplies and another one bringing in vet supplies. And then, of course, you've got the AI technician. And uh, I just felt like it was impossible to keep any separation just because of the traffic that we have on a dairy farm.
0: Well, and then you think of all the meetings that we typically go to, or field days, or, or what have you. Those uh, those have gone by the wayside as well.
1: Yes, and that's that's really difficult. Uh, you know, farmers need to get out and meet with other farmers and people in the industry and learn about new technology. And I think not having that leaves a real hole in us socially. Uh, we need to reach out. Most farmers are introverts and they like to stay home, but every once in a while they really should get out and uh, meet with some other people. And, uh, you know, not having those uh, meetings and uh, events on other farms is uh, definitely detrimental, and it's sad that we are going through this right now.
0: Are there things being done to kind of close that communication gap uh, when we're all dealing with? Social isolation, kind of things.
1: Oh, I'm seeing uh, a number of things happen. Minnesota Extension is uh, is uh, rethinking how they deliver uh, their services. That's something that I've really noticed here lately, and uh, providing seminars that are whether they be Zoom meetings or or something online for for people to view and interact at the same time. It's not just, you know, one way. I, I think it's coming. Uh, it, it exposes a shortcoming that we have in our rural areas, the lack of broadband. And I'm fortunate to have at least some limited broad, broadband access. I'd say I'm at the lowest level, but at least I can be in on a Zoom meeting but I feel for those of us uh, out there that, that don't have adequate broadband, and it certainly tells us that we need to uh, work even harder on that. I know people are working diligently to close that gap, but it uh, really tells us how important that is.
0: Pat, certainly technology is one of those things that's, that's changing in this, uh, this COVID generation. Uh, do you see any other long-term implications of, of this pandemic?
1: I think that when we get off the farm, how our uh, food processors and and all of the people in between the the field and the plate, so to speak, uh, how they're going to uh, approach business in the future, we're we're always trying to become more efficient economically and logistically, but when a crisis like what we're having hits, then all of a sudden our supply chains in both directions are disrupted. And, you know, a great example is in the hog industry with the large processing plants um, having to close down. Um, We're fortunate that we did not have more of that in the industry. Um, My milk cooperative was telling me that, well, if we have too many people that get sick at our milk plant and we don't have adequate staff, we're going to go to limited processing or maybe even close the plant. Well, we have our ag our processing system so finely tuned uh, that any hiccup like that is just going to create havoc on our farms. We'll, we'll not be able to sell the products that we have.
0: We've seen so much uh, disruption to the marketplace with the loss of food service and 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 really just the the change of of the way things are being done. Dairy in particular has had such gyrations. We went from $10 milk to $22 milk, and now back down to maybe in the mid-teens in some cases. Uh, How do you deal with all that volatility?
1: Um, (laughs) I'm not quite sure. We, on our farm, hire a marketing guru to help us out, and I don't think they've even figured it out. Uh, and they're supposed to be experts uh, you're right if we take the price of cash cheese in uh, early May it was one dollar for uh, cheddar blocks and in in uh, early part of July it was three dollars now it's down to about one dollar and eighty cents which is more typical of where the, we like the market to be I mean I always take three dollars but that's just those gyrations, you're right. It it uh, makes it difficult for us to plan really on the farm. And uh, you know, when I look at our our milk processors and having to change the products that they were selling, there are certain cheese plants, for example, that are geared up just for the food service industry. And all of a sudden, they didn't have a market, whereas the processing plants that are geared up for the consumer, the retail, and the grocery stores, they couldn't uh, uh, create enough product to uh, ship to the grocery stores to fulfill the demand. Uh, So I think that our food processing industry will try to look to see if they can be more flexible, but that always comes at a cost. It costs money, uh, having been involved in uh, cooperatives uh, for much of my farming career here i you know i i know how tight it is and how difficult it is to make those changes and and justify the
0: cost yeah, well, covid certainly has had uh, a market impact and that's been on top of trade war and weather issues and uh just generally uh, large supplies that we've got in particular in the in the grain side of things um do you see because of all this that we may see more consolidation or some of those big-picture issues happening as well?
1: I believe that there will be some winners and losers out of this in the end. and You know, we're, we're going to go from the small business sector. Um, the government, federal government, has been very generous, um, I will say, this spring and summer. In helping us out, but I, I'm sure that there are some people that have been lost in that in that uh, whole process that are really need more help to be able to survive. And I, you know, I look at the grain sector and where the price of corn is these days, and you know, and other grains. I don't know how a farmer can survive long term at these prices without something. Substantial happening. Um, you know, you said it previously. You put trade and then the COVID disruptions all together, and it becomes more than what we maybe can handle. So I, I do see some consolidation, and it's not because it's just there's always some normal consolidation, but I think it will happen faster. Because there will be many that have been weakened by all of the crisis—not just COVID, but the, the trade, the weather, and and all three put together.
0: Talking a lot about these big picture issues, I'm, I'm curious from a, a family standpoint. You got kids and grandkids. Uh, are you concerned on a health situation because of COVID? Uh, is that a, a worry uh, in rural Minnesota?
1: Oh, I think it's always it's always a worry. Uh, my My wife, Jody, and I have six children and four in the metro area, and most all of them and their spouses are are working from home. Um, One is in the everyday public sector in sales, and so you just never know when a certain contact is going to impact uh, life for their family and and others. Um, I, I think... Maybe even more than health-wise, it's going to impact whether they have jobs and how they do jobs. Um, two of my children uh, work in the uh, sports industry, and and uh, specifically, it's high school sports. Well, right now, we don't even have high school sports. So, how long can their company keep them employed without, you know, having some sort of revenue coming in from advertising and, and other You know, revenue sources. So I think there will be a delayed effect on some of the the jobs, you know, that my children have. I hope that everything moves forward. There are three that are in the medical field. I think they're pretty safe, to be honest. But, you know, we've even seen in that sector when parts of the medical industry get shut down, all of a sudden people there get laid off, too. I think things are going to look a lot different when this is all over. It's, we're going to settle into a new normal. I don't know what that will be. I guess we will all find out.
0: It's really something when you think about this, how it really is. Those fingers have gone into every part of our life, and, and that's been the case around the globe. That's. I don't think there's too many cases we've seen anything like this before
1: i would agree that this is global um, every country is is having to deal with this crisis and how they do business and and how they interact with the rest of the world to be honest uh, you know we have countries that are whereas before it was uh... we were global and becoming more so every day now now all of a sudden trade is Question: You know, should we be trading because that can be disrupted? Should people be traveling? And um, I was thinking that it was better to be more global, and I still think so, but we're going to have to figure out how to do that safely. I, I believe we need to have open borders and, and work for, for greater trade. Um, it's easier to stay friends when you're trading and working with each other.
0: Good point. Any final thoughts on this uh, this whole COVID situation, Pat? Um,
1: last night, the men's chorus that I've been singing in for 38 years had an on-the-farm, of all places, not mine, but a friend of mine, an on-the-farm get-together where we did some singing. And we wore masks, and we tried to socially distance, but we were out in a machine shed, of all places. And we tried to figure out how we could get together. There were about 35 to 40 men that, that got together, my friends, for many years. Uh, but we tried to figure out what we could do to make it work to get together. And I think we were successful. I'm hoping that nothing comes out of our, our meeting. We were as careful as we could possibly be, took temperatures as we arrived. Um, I think that a lot of that type of of uh... activity is going to become become more commonplace and we'll just be taking more precautions than we did before and for those that are not taking the precautions i you know i i'd say be careful because you really don't want COVID. you you, you want to be able to stay healthy and breathe and and uh... be able to uh... be with your family or or to bring it home so to speak so um we need to be careful, do things right, and figure out where we go from here.
0: It's interesting. The story just makes me smile because we all need that sense of normalcy again, and we've been lacking that for months upon months here.
1: So one of the songs that we sang last night was is one that we've done for a number of years. It's called American Salute, and it's a medley of songs that most people would recognize that pay tribute to our country. And... We had a marvelous sound, and while we were singing, there was a cricket chirping. And I thought, this is so neat to have that. And it was being recorded, and I, I hope more people see it. I wish they could have been there. Um, you know, we have a great country, and we'll work our way through this. We just have to work hard and figure it out.
0: No doubt. Well, I've enjoyed the conversation, Pat.
1: Well, thank you, Don.
0: Our thanks to Pat Luneman of Twin Eagle Dairy for sharing his thoughts in our Transformation podcast. Remember, you can hear all of our podcasts online at rrfn.com forward slash transformation. You can also find these podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and it is available on your Alexa system as well. This project is made possible again thanks to the Minnesota Department of Agriculture and numerous stakeholders throughout the region, including the North Dakota Wheat Commission, North Dakota Farmers Union, Minnesota Farmers Union, Minnesota Corn Growers Association, North Dakota Soybean Council, and the North Dakota Corn Council. Until next time, I'm Don Wick.